three, four. Me and my friends do sinister things, and that's because we're cynical beings, and we're living in a house, and we're chilling upstairs, and we're doing a podcast, Impaired. Welcome back, everyone, to the Impaired Upstairs podcast with Brady, Ryan, and Cody. How's it going, folks? Hey. How is it going, folks? Yeah. That's good. Good on my end. Brady? Yeah, I've been staying really busy. Same. Really, really busy. So good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, Ryan, it sounds like you've been pretty busy lately as well. Oh, rather. No, things are really good on my end. Very, very good. Lots of developments that are that are positive. Ooh, yeah. right on. You wanna share a little bit? Um yeah, let's share it in a little bit here. What else have you guys been doing this week? Uh this week? Not a lot of work. Yeah. You know, it was weird because it, it like it snowed again. Oh yeah, it snowed for a good ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then it was yeah. in the morning, snowed for ten minutes, and then the sun came out, melted all. Yeah, but it's really weird because we usually don't get snow, and it snowed like multiple times this year. Just not not a lot, but it's weird. I don't right. know. Yeah, this is weird because yeah. a few days ago it was like a blizzard and nothing stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was out riding my bike. Uh, you know, in a couple the snow? hours later. Oh, oh. No, yeah. it wasn't even snowing. Thank goodness. Um, Ryan, d- elevation-wise, are you about the same height as us? I think so. We're at about 800 feet. Um, okay. We might be slightly higher. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that for whatever reason, sometimes my mom's house would get a lot more snow than my dad's, and sometimes my dad's house would get like three feet of snow. Hmm. Huh. Must just be location. Like I don't know, where, man. where we're at in regards to the motion of the ocean. Although, so does it always snow more at your dad's house? Um, usually, I don't know. It's it's kind of like hit or miss. Gotcha. A few years ago, 2019, like February 2019, when we had a lot of snow, and that was college. So like Yakima had even more snow, and it was way colder. I came here, and there was there was like three feet of snow up at my mom's house, and at my dad's, there was nowhere near as much. And in some years, it just fluctuates. Yeah. Um, huh, weird. Yeah, I was wondering, because, like, Squim, like, this area is still kind of in the rain shadow, so I was curious if maybe we'd, like, just get less precipitation than your dad's place does, and that's why. I don't know. It's it's hard telling. There's yeah. definitely more precipitation up there, though. Yeah, hard saying, not knowing. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a geologist. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's our go-to, right? A cos- cosmetologist. Cosmetologist. <laughs> meteorologist. I don't oh. study meteorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Wait, what is up? I'm sure someone out there that's smarter than us knows why it's called a meteorologist, but what, like, I don't what do know. you call someone that studies meteors, then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know an astronomer, a, a cosmologist, an astrologist. <laughs> <laughs> they're studying the cosmos. Oh yeah, that would be a cosmologist, uh, I think. Well. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm so happy to be back with you guys. Yeah, yeah, man. Good seeing you, buddy. You, so yeah, you've been gone for a little while, and uh, it's nice to have you back. Yeah, I was almost halfway across the country. Almost. 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 Not. Yeah. Not quite. Yeah. Um. If you really stretch out there to to Maine and all those uh, really far northeast states, I wasn't quite halfway. Yeah. But uh, when you look at the map, it's that part of Montana is pretty much like halfway between. It's like, dang, I could have wow. drove another fourteen hours and got to New York or something. Whoa. Yeah. 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 How many miles? How many hours was it to Montana? To where you were at in Montana? Uh, straight through drive, going pretty fast. Uh, which is nice because in Montana there is pretty much not a speed limit. Right. Uh, well, it's it's yeah. eighty. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there's really no enforcement. 
I don't right. think I saw one state patrol the entire time I was there. Wow. Uh, it was 14 hours if you follow the speed limit, so like 13. Oh, wow. So it was um, it was pretty much, you're pretty much halfway as far as driving goes. Yeah. It was, coming back, I did it all in a full day. So I, just Ooh, le- I just left it like, it wasn't too bad. No? Um, I definitely got, it, it made me kind of stir crazy. I couldn't be a truck driver. Yeah. 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 Uh, you can only like fidget with stuff so much, and then you're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be doing something else other than driving." Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, I went on the way there. I stopped in at my uncle's place in Tri Cities, and I stopped by my tech college that I went to, and I saw my instructors uh, from like a couple oh, years right ago. Oh, awesome! I talked to her. I saw one of them, and it was it was a really weird thing because of like masks, and they were like, "Oh, we can't mm-hmm. we can't let you in unless mm-hmm. it's a." But he can come out here, and I'm like, "Okay." And it was kind of. I even had my. I even had my alumnus card on me, on hand. My alumnus, wow. the one they give you when you're done. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. It was still kind of a. It was still kind of a boondoggle to like get yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it was good to see those guys or see one of them. And it's kind of weird they're having a really slow year because there's apparently no one going to tech school. Oh sure. And school is like ah, trying to make money. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people are like skipping school this year. Postponing school or something like that just to wait. To like go. likely, yeah, postponing or uh, just getting cold feet about going to it mm-hmm. and not knowing what their financial situation is going to be like to pay oh, for it. Yeah, sure. So they had, I mean, when I was there, they had one class that was two guys. Mm. It, was, it was a quarter. It was it was quartered up. So there was a quarter where there was just two guys, and our quarter had like twelve guys, and they had a quarter this year where there was no people. Oh, weird! Wow. It's like what do they do? Yeah, they can only sweep the floor so much. Yeah. Man, so that's a bummer. It was a bummer, but then I went to went to my uncle's place and and made the rest of the drive the next day. Went through Spokane, um, through the Panhandle of Idaho, and I ninety all the way to Billings, Montana. Wow, right on. Yeah, speaking of driving across the country, have you guys heard of the Cannonball Run? Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. The, oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this. The Cannonball Run is the coolest thing. It's wild. Yeah. Isn't the record like twenty? I th- Something it, I th- low twenties. It's lower than that now because really? of the pandemic. So, like, th- there was a while there at the very beginning of the pandemic when cops basically like weren't enforcing the speed limits at all. They just Ooh. weren't really. Pe- they were like, you know, we've got better things to. That do. Sounds like an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of people thought that, um, and so they lowered it. I. Th- I don't know. I want to say it's down around like 18 or 19 hours now. But wow. That's, yeah. that's really wild. It's wild. So that's, that's something that we might never ever, uh, even see ever again. Right. You know? Yeah. Probably not. Um, it, so they went. It, well, those, let's explain the cannonball. Yeah. Run, yeah. Go not, ahead. Not everyone might know about that. So the cannonball run is a it's not a race. Well, it's, uh, yeah. It, kind of a time Because it's a time, time trial. trial right, there's, yeah. You're not racing with people, but you're, right. it's, a, it's a time trial. Right. And it's a drive as fast as you can from it's a parking garage in New York right to a hotel in Southern California yeah i That's think the, LA right or yeah LA right i'm not sure there's a yeah there's a start a start parking lot parking garage type place and there's a finish line and you can you got to get there as quick as you can in a car and it gets it's gotten incredible i think the first ever run was like 40 hours something like that and it was done in like a van or something you know back right. back then and that was done i think by a car journalist and it originally started off as a protest to the national speed limit 
because they made the speed limit 55. And so they were like, yeah, well, we're not going to follow the speed limit. And this is our protest. This is our way of protesting the, the speed limits. And so we're going to, you know, drive as fast as we can across the country. Yeah, well, they're certainly not not following them. I think that I remember watching a, a VinWiki video on this one guy that. Oh, yeah. VinWiki oh, yeah. is so awesome. VinWiki's great. Uh, this one guy that did it and their average speed so like average speed, not their higher, their low was ninety nine miles an hour. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And that includes like going through like small towns where they have to slow mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the more recent ones, their average speed has been over a hundred miles an hour. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. It's insane. They're cruising. And and the the tactics that they use to get across the country is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Like spotters. Yeah, they and... have spotters. There's usually two drivers and then three people in the car where one person's spotting most of the time and then um, the drivers are switching back and forth and yeah. And then a lot of times they have, aside from the spotter that's in the car, they have people lined up across the country yep. to like, sp- like speed ahead of them to catch l- the cops. Ca- yeah. Basically like they'll get pulled over instead. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's a, what, what I really find interesting about it is the amount of engineering that goes into building the car oh, for right. the cannonball run. Oh, yeah. Because these guys will build like a really low miles car just for this event. Mm-hmm. So they have fuel cells so they can carry like hundreds of gallons of fuel. Probably yeah. not hundreds, but like a a, lot, as a much fuel as they can fit. This one guy, that tall guy from VinWiki. Yeah. Uh, they did it in like some Mercedes AMG. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. AMG sedan. Right. And uh, he had he was showing like how he had it all decked out because it's several thousand miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I know that to to Monta- where I went to in Montana was a thousand miles one way. Yeah. So it's probably right. like a twenty five hundred mile ordeal for the cannonball. Something run. like that, yeah. And or maybe more. And they they completely deck out the car with scanners mm-hmm. and they all- have heat heat sensing uh, like like infra what infrared 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 scope on the outside of the car so that way they can like see if cops are on the side of the road that they can't see with their eyes. Oh man. I, uh, there was one other, uh, cannonball event where they, the car that they used was some kind of, it's like a crown Vic. It was some kind of like police interceptor, like zippy, Uh, but it was like crown Vic. And what mm. they did, you'll have to watch this, this one, you'll probably find that video of of how they did this, but they painted the whole thing like olive drab green. Oh, they painted it like, Military green. Yeah. And they put this big, like, military... It was. It looked like a military symbol, but it didn't really mean anything because they didn't want to, like, get in trouble for impersonating. Right. Yeah. But they, they you know, tinted windows, this symbol on the side, and this mm-hmm. olive drab car. And uh, they said that that worked really well for getting police not to mess with them. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, like, the police see this tinted-out government-looking uh-huh. car. Yeah. And they're like, uh... Yeah. We'll worry we'll about just, those guys. Yeah, we'll just let them go. Yeah, I always thought that it would be interesting if you just made if they just went all out in that regard and went all the way for like basically a cop car, you know? Yeah, right. Without getting to the point where you're breaking rules. Well, but they're already breaking so many rules. That That's true. I, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But the amazing thing about the Cannonball Run is that uh, apparently there haven't been any um, collisions that have involved other people. So all of the collisions that have happened 
um, have all just been like, you know, a mechanical failure with a car or something and they go off the road, but they've never actually, um, hit anybody else. So, you know, that's the safe. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a safe thing to do, but like they have made it pretty much as safe as they can, I guess. Yeah. Usually good drivers aren't the problem when it comes to, uh, getting in wrecks. Right. Yeah. Let's see, uh. The other people on and the road. And I, I think they also, so, the, they tend to slow down a little bit when they're passing cars, so that way they don't get the cops called on them. But yeah, yeah a lot of times you'll hear stories of guys. Um, well, they have you know radios like to listen to the cops. Um, yes, and, scanners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they'll be hearing like, oh yeah, there's this car that's hauling, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of similar uh, to the Isle of Man race in, um, well, the Isle of Man for for motorcycles. Just in the in the sense that it's like, you know, a on the road. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, blindingly honest. fast. Right. Yeah, I think uh, average speed for Isle of Man is like one thirteen, but that's like a sanctioned, uh, sanctioned race. But right, it's. Right, wow. it's not on a prepped track, and so there is uh, certainly an added element of danger there right the most dangerous race in the world oh isle of man yeah the most people have died more people have died in the isle of man time trial than any other race in the world ever i think sounds about right yeah have you seen the the fuel stops for the cannonball run where they have they have a camera in the car and they show like the fuel stops oh no no. i know they only do like two or three fuel stops right because they have their huge fuel cells right yeah um, there's like a few, there's like a group of guys at the gas station and they usually have a set gas station. I think there's some yeah, certain gas yeah. station that they always stop at because right. there's like usually no traffic there. It's just the place to go. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of guys with like credit cards swiped pumps ready to go. Like the pumps out with the, with the fuel selection chosen ready to yeah. like pump gas. They, they make it that quick. That's wild. It's like NASCAR kind of, or yeah. any real race. Like, like a pit stop. Yeah. yeah. Like a pit stop. Yeah. That's that's a wild thing. Let's yeah. let's do that one day. Yeah, I, you the cannonball. Know, yeah, let's do the cannonball one day. Maybe we'll do it. We'll do it in Cody's Suzuki. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we can do it in the Z. I'm not sure. I don't think a Z is the car you want to. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Suzy could even get to 99. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so the reason they use the AMG is because it's a sedan, right? Yeah. The, usually, right. the ones I've seen, they sit three people. Right. There's yeah. usually one guy like like you said doing the cell phone work in and, the back seat. Yeah. Yep. And like and or filming or mm-hmm. like you know. Right. And then a co-pilot and a pilot. And you want to be in a car like a Mercedes because that's going to be comfortable to go across the entire country in right. like you know. fast, yeah. Right. You don't want to be in like a Lambo or something where your back's going to be aching by the time, you know. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Plus, it's a lot flashier. So, like the AMG, it it looks like a sedan, and yeah, it and, just looks and, like a, any old car, right? And you can make it up to look. I think I saw the one I saw recent. Well, it was a couple months ago now, but um, they made it look like a Ford Taurus or something like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and so and so people were actually thinking it was just like a crazy Ford Taurus, but then if you actually look at it close up you know the cops wouldn't realize that oh you know it's it's weird yeah no it's um it's just enough deception to where it 
you know. Right. You can get away. You can kind of blend in where the cops aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that's been going over 130 or whatever, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have you guys, this is a weird side note. I saw this sign when I was driving to Montana. Mm-hmm. It was at this place that does uh, taxidermy work. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, I saw the sign and uh, like I saw it and I'm like, that is really, really weird. And then I looked into it out of just morbid curiosity. Um, it's called beetle cleaning. What? Uh, what and uh, some of these taxidermy. Oh, wait, I think these I know taxidermy what you're talking places, about now. they have yeah. all these hunters bring them like skulls uh-huh. and stuff that they want to mount. Right. And they yeah. have this like vat of beetles right. that they keep alive. And apparently the, the smell is like pretty bad. I and it's just like, yeah, yeah it's indoors, yeah. like this beetle farm with all these rotten like skulls. So they throw the skull in and the, and the beetles like eat it. Mm-hmm. And I just like, oh. I drove by this place and I'm like, beetle cleaning. I have to get, I have to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I, I did and I'm like, oh man, that's really gross. Yeah. It's pretty that's, gross, that's but really it, gross. it seems like that's probably the most efficient way to clean Oh, they it get up, in right? every crevice. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's also, I've heard of people burying their stuff too i don't know that I, I guess that's a natural way to do it too you just bury it for a year and then you can go dig it up a year later and huh. it's uh all cleaned out but i've always heard of uh i, I have heard of putting them on an anthill oh yeah you put, them near, well. you put them near an anthill it'll uh they'll Clean na- it nature up. will do it will take its course right yeah and and there's something about like you don't want to just leave it out in the sun because it'll get bleached right so you want yeah the, i don't really I know that actually, if you treat them with bleach, it makes them like really, really white and shiny. Yeah. The uh, the skull bone. Yeah. So I guess it kind of depends on what look you're going for because you, maybe you want it to look super white and pristine like that, but maybe you want it to look a little bit more like authentic, a, authentic, natural kind of looking. I don't know. <laughs> kind of an orange tint. Ew. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Have you guys ever done much hunting? Honestly, no. No. I I always had friends that were hunters back when I was uh, like middle school and younger, and um, I was always interested. And I almost went and got my hunter safety license and all that. Oh, um, gotcha. But then I I don't know. I never did. So. Yeah, really, just never had the time as a kid. We had so much other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. And our parents weren't like. Yeah, all they weren't that super into, into it, hunting. So. So. And and farming is under a similar category. It's, right, it's, so it's kind of the same in a way. Sure, you're, instead of going out to, you know, yeah, hunt your for, meat, yeah, you just keep it on your farm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a different, it's a different style for sure. Because for farming, you have to have some sort of land, and if you're hunting, you don't really necessarily. You could live in the city and go out and you know find a deer in the middle of the forest. Find yeah. a deer. Yeah, it's interesting. Deers, deers, do. You, Deers, what's that? Is it deers or it's it's deer? Well, okay, so he- hear me out. Deer is the plural of deer, but deers would be if you're talking about multiple species of deer. So if you want, like, to talk about a white tail and a black tail and a uh, what are the other kinds a of mule deer? Mule, yeah, mule deer. Uh, then those would be deers, right? So, I don't know. Yeah. No. It's, okay. Yeah. It's true. Oh dear. Sure. Okay, oh, but now here's the here's another. Would it be geeses or gooses? What? You so just, you, if just you're answer, talk, you just answered the qu- no. Oh. But if you're talking about multiple, multiple species, species, would it be gooses? I think it would be. Go- mm. I, don't I don't know. Say so that's tough. Hmm. The world may never know. Yeah. yeah. Rip. Well, 
Yeah. Speaking of hunting, uh, sometimes people can be pretty fragile. As in, like, life. The fragility <laughs> of <laughs> life. Why did I shoehorn that in there? Trying to tra- transition into uh, talking about the fragility of life. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, life can be... Life Life and other people's lives can really uh, scare you sometimes. Right, like, sure. Really, really bad. Right. Yeah. Or um, or tragic things can happen, which um, also happened recently. A uh, a family friend of mine, like last week, uh, he passed away due to complications from coronavirus. Oh wow! Yeah, he had a he had pneumonia earlier earlier oh, last year, mm-hmm. and the effects just didn't work together real nicely. He was a yeah. Uh, he uh, yeah that was that was really rough news to get. And then right after that, there was another. Uh, big medical scare with a close friend of mine like yesterday yeah that uh really kind of put me through a loop because it was and him obviously but he's okay he's gonna recover fully good that all transpired really quickly which is nice yeah Yeah. but it's crazy how um you can you can take so many things for granted like oh you know we're oh i'm tough like i'm not gonna have any problems ever Uh, how could that happen to me Mm -hmm. and then uh so out of the blue something can just happen at any time. I think we're especially susceptible to that kind of thinking at our age um, because, you know, we're so young and all that kind of stuff seems like it's so far away. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's that, uh, that's something I'll have to deal with when I'm, like, 70. Um, but, yeah, it can kind of sneak up on you. Yeah, but then you have videos of people getting flung by tornadoes and falling 10 stories and being essentially unscathed well that's true <laughs> that's well, true it's i think different that's... when it's pixels on a screen right yeah. yeah oh yeah that's true when when it's something that someone you actually know then uh much different impact yeah yeah uh it, it kind of gives you a a uh, an ex- existential crisis a little bit humbles you big time yeah yeah speaking of being humbled um the humboldt telescope no. the humboldt the humble isn't there a fish called a humboldt oh, something sure. like that i don't know um but if silas was oh, here he would tell humboldt. you all about the humboldt uh, hubble telescope hubble telescope oh. <laughs> not, not the hubble telescope um but being humbled ha- have you guys had any uh experiences lately of being humbled like yeah. you're like you know working with somebody and they just their depth of knowledge or something like that kind of Oh yeah, actually as a matter of fact, um other than being like enormously humbled the other day from health scare, uh there was there was this guy that I was just working with in Montana on this oil refinery and uh when I first met him or like when I when we were first kind of introduced to each other, he was on my he was on my shift. I was like, this guy's kind of like this guy's kind of like a goofball. Like this guy's kind of out there. Yeah. yeah. He's a little like I don't know about this guy's a little goofy. How so? He was just, he was really, like, loud and dorky, hmm. and uh, he's one of those guys that has to, like, talk louder than everyone else. Oh. And he would, he would just, you know, there'd be a silence, and he'd just have to talk. Gotcha. Um, and I was like, this guy's kind of a goofball. Mm-hmm. And then, turns out, as we got further into the job, he was, like, one of the most helpful, like, explained everything to me really, really well, because oh, I, wow. I was new to the work that I was mm-hmm. doing, and he was, like, we were, we hit it right off, like, he. I had questions and he like had perfect explanations. He was super experienced. 
one of the smartest guys on the team for the actual job we were doing. He had done that particular job before, oh. whereas a lot of us hadn't. Gotcha. And he was, I was very humbled because I was at first I was like, ah, who's this guy? And right. then I was like, wow, you're a, you're very very intelligent. Thanks for I appreciate you explaining this stuff to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes people are kind of unassuming like that. And then exactly. <laughs> or and yeah, you make you make the assumptions and then you have to you redact them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, recently, I was going to talk to a home designer and he asked me all sorts of questions that I didn't even know that I needed to know the answer to, you know, that, so that was tough. I was like, what, he was like, what kind of, uh, what kind of roofing material are you looking at getting? And Metal. Was, yeah. Well, no, I was just like, I don't know, just something that won't get the house wet. You know, yeah. I want to, like, <laughs> I want, I, I want to have a dry living room, I guess. What like, do people usually Get. Right, yeah. But then when he follows that up, you can only say with, yeah, the normal, like so many times. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, yeah, and, and what kind of siding do you want? And oh, I'm you like, know, whatever uh, works. Yeah. The stuff that doesn't fall apart. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't know. So it's like, you tell me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah, what's, what's not the cheapest, but not the most expensive? Uh-huh. Like, what do you recommend? Exactly. So that was. What'd you, what'd you come up with? Like, what, do you, what are you going to do for roofing and siding? Uh, composition roof and siding, siding, just, uh, like vinyl siding. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's, that's, <laughs> that's your cheapest and most durable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very, but it's kind of ugly. Well, yeah, I should go with like a stucco or something. What is, what is that siding that, uh, the Japanese do to uh, oh, they, like, I, burn the wood? You know, like I, uh, yeah, I Shisugi Bon. Yeah. I told, I actually mentioned that to the guy. I was like, you know, my brother really wants me to go with like this Shisugi Bon thing. And it's like, it's wood siding that you burn and uh, then he's it like, keeps Shut up, the elements nerd. out. And he just kind of gave me this look and he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't actually want to, I don't actually want to do that because it would be way too expensive and I'm not, eh. and he was like, uh-huh. Okay. Just, just shut up. Just like, <laughs> let me do my job. You know, <laughs> like you, you have no idea what you're talking about. Let no. the big kids talk. Exactly. No. Well, well, yeah. When I go to build my house eventually one day, uh, yeah, someday. I'm definitely like cedar, cedar, cedar demand. Oh yeah. You're not doing like cedar shakes and and uh shingles. Well, you can you it's can have a cool look. You can make cool uh shosugiban out, out of cedar. Of, yeah. So is it like it's like a vertical or a horizontal boards with burning? Horizontal boards and you take a big torch and you just torch the side of the wood, the the exposed side of the wood. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it it, it crystallizes the wood. Uh, so it's it's not as susceptible to rot. Yeah, gotcha. And, and, and seals and everything up. I do guess. Do you like burn it, burn it, or do you just like color it? So there's different levels of of. Uh, there's like wood burning where you kind of just add a little bit of color, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you can you know any of the above. You can really? get to where it's all the way like charred, and there's like cracks in the wood. Oh right. man, yeah, it's pretty wild. I I don't where. How did you come across that? It was on one of those DIY shows. <laughs> really? So, uh, it's like uh, House Flippers or something. Gotcha. Was it the, uh, what was it? Like the Magnolia, Texas. Uh, no idea. Wa- Waco, Texas, Magnolia um, shop. There, some Someone's okay. going to be listening to this. Our mother's going to be listening to this. She's going to be like, why didn't you just ask me? <laughs> <laughs> 
Today with our special guest, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> scary. <laughs> that would be scary, even for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even... I'm not even uh, a blood relative of this family. <laughs> yeah, but you know the wrath. You know the wrath. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, it's it's that that show is where they they f- first had it. I'm pretty sure it was that one. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, opportunities to get humbled lately? Uh, you know, every day I work, I I always try oh, and learn something new. Sure. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much to learn in emergency medicine. Like you can you can always learn something and i'm only an emt so i'll i'll try and talk to paramedics and nurses and doctors and try and pick their brains and see hey what's what's going on with this patient what do you think is uh what do you think's going on right yeah and that are you doing that just out of your own curiosity or is it more so that you can treat your patients better in the future or both both yeah Yeah. yeah. Well, I I don't intend to stay as an EMT for the rest of my life. Gotcha. So eventually, you want to be a paramedic or, or a, a nurse. nurse. Yeah. So um, you know, trying to learn that stuff now is is uh, gonna help me out in the future. Uh, yeah. Are there ever any, any times where they're stumped? Oh yeah. The uh, like the the more um, like the actual like professional professionals out there in the field, they're like, I don't know about this one. Um, I think, I think there's a certain level of, uh, hardheadedness that kind of goes with the field. So mm. if someone thinks that that's what it is, then they're pretty certain that that's what it is. Oh, that, right. I get you. Oh, uh, that, that kind of happens in all sorts of, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Human, uh, ego kind of, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. And that's also something that we specifically try and avoid, uh, because then and that can cause problems when right. it, that isn't right. So you, you got to have sort of a a wide net to to cast on y- on what you think it might be. It, it, you know what? It sounds like those guys kind of need to get humbled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they need to have their ego taken down a check and down a notch. There's also the case of like, okay, we see this uh, these signs and symptoms 50 times in a day, and so this next one, it has to be this diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Even though it, that's not necessarily always the case. Right. Yeah. So so that's something I was going to say as well. It seems like as you get older, you're you're more likely to kind of be hard headed in a way because you've seen so many things, and then yeah, that, you get a little patterns. more a little more jaded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen this fifty thousand times, and yep. so now it's got to be that same thing. But that one time, it's not. Yep. All right. Here we go. It's a uh, chest pains, probably anxiety again. Oh, it, oh. that's a that's a, a uh, STEMI. STEMI. That's a heart attack. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. So, what would you say the uh, like you obviously you've had a lot to learn. Um, and you've, you have learned a lot already, but you still have a lot to learn. Yeah, um, so do you think, how would you describe the learning curve? Is it like, is it like really steep at the beginning and then it kind of like peters off and gets a little bit yeah. more straight? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like, especially in, in the class and just starting out as at a job, it's like you have all of this stuff that you have to know and you have to pass the protocols test and the uh, national registry for EMTs mm-hmm. and the state certification. You have to get your state certs and 
you have to pack all of this into your brain and then there's stuff that you will never use in a lifetime <laughs> sure but yeah. you still have to know it uh, and then after that, you sort of have a good grasp on everything. And mm -hmm. then for the BLS um, side of things, then you can start, you know, tapering off a little bit and and learn things at a slower pace, more as you you go along. And I'm uh, lucky enough to be able to work very closely with paramedics. So if I have a question, I can just ask a paramedic. Or usually I'm with. Uh, a partner who has more experience than me and I can ask them. And if they don't know, then we'll just go and ask a paramedic or a nurse or a doctor, depending on uh, the situation. Um, yeah. So do you think that's a, do you think that's um, just because people aren't trying to force knowledge into you anymore? So the learning curve seems a little bit less steep, or do you think it's just like, once you get the basics down, then there's just, like the amount of knowledge you need to know decreases and it's kind of incremental from that point or uh, I mean there's there's so much left to learn really there's a lot left to learn but for what I'm doing in the community that I serve it's uh it's like we kind of see everything that we're going to see on a normal mm, basis gotcha uh, yeah. so the like, we're not getting drownings every day. They happen around here. There was one uh, a couple weeks ago. There was a drowning. Oh. Uh, and we need to know it then. And a lot of times we, d we do have the, the information and the capabilities to, to um, handle these situations. But it's not what we really see every day. So we can kind of learn as we go. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. What, huh. was, what was, like, your first... So let's say your first couple weeks doing that job. How gnarly was the learning curve? I mean, were you with your previous education, were you able to dive in pretty good and kind of know what you were up against, or was it uh, was there a lot of like unwritten rules to learn? Yeah, yeah, there was uh, a lot of the, the things the school doesn't teach you. Right, um, I I can't name it anything off the top of my head, but there's there is a lot that it's like, oh, you learn this in class, dump that. We don't do that here. Oh yeah. And mm. part of it is the area that I serve and, and uh, the people that I work with. They're like, no, this is a far better way than what the book says to do. Wow, interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess in my experience, it seems like um, all of the stuff that I learned in school was just different from what I'm doing now as an actual scientist. Um, so in school, you're learning a lot of the theory but then you're not learning how a lab works and like the business oh. side of things. Yeah. And so that learning curve was really steep because you're like, okay, yeah, I've got a pretty good handle on the basics of science and all that. Um, but then eventually, you know, you start and you're working and then they start throwing acronyms at you for all sorts of different things. And, and they're all business related and they'll have to do with like safety and how you need to conduct the research in a way where, you know, it's, uh, you know, you've got a client and so you have to. Uh, do the research for the client and it has to be reproducible and you have to make sure that you're, yeah. So um, from my perspective, the learning curve didn't necessarily come from the uh, like science side of things, but more from the actual application of the science and like um, just getting used to the, the way business works you yeah know? yeah well yeah every so every lab and every employer is going to do things a little bit different right yeah yeah 
Uh, are there? I gotta ask you this, Cody. Yeah. Are there, are there much for unwritten rules in, in ambulance etiquette? Are there certain ways that you carry yourself, like around the company vehicle and like around people's residence, that are you know, at some point someone had to say, hey, like don't do this, do this. Yeah. Um. So you know, a lot of times it's it's, uh, difficult because we make someone's house that's our workspace. Right. That is when we go to work, it's in someone else's house, and that can be weird at first. Um, I bet, yeah. And some people have problems with that, and they they don't want you to look through their their uh, paperwork, even if it's pertinent to um, to their condition. And so that happened to um, one of one of our patients. The, the medic was looking through uh, some of her. Um, her medical documents to see, hey, has this ever happened before? What medications are you on? All that stuff. It's all in this this paperwork, and she was upset that we were looking through it. And uh, you know, that's kind of just, hey, that's the way we've been doing things. But she's right. We should have asked first. I think that was that was kind of a a big humbling experience. Um, and for unwritten rules. Is there any ambulance etiquette when you're riding around in the vehicle? Because uh, I I experienced some some unwritten etiquette rules for like company vehicles in the past week. Um, is there any is there any like oh you don't you don't wear this if you're going in the ambulance or like you you do this always before you go in? Well, we something like that. So we have our rig checks where we check everything on the outside of the ambulance and the inside. We make sure we have all of our equipment. Uh, really, I think. Um, don't don't drive slow. Oh, here's a big one. Okay. Uh when you you can go as fast as you want on a straightaway, right? Because the the people in the back aren't going to be able to tell the difference between going 25 and 90 on the highway. Right. Not that we go 25 or 90 on the highway, but the people in the back aren't going to know the difference. <laughs> right. Going around a corner, you have to slow uh, down. Oh yeah. Because that torque, that uh centrifugal force, you can feel it. So hard in the back of the. Yeah, that's a tall machine. Yeah, there's a lot of weight to it, and you, you'll get thrown around. Uh, so that was that was um, a, a difficult learning curve because that's not something that they teach in the class. Right, you're right. trying to get not to where you need to be, but say slow, uh, slow down. Right, yeah. it's it's not something that you can just uh, be like taught without trying it exactly yeah because so. you don't know how fast is too fast and yeah yeah you, you and just especially have to for each, feel for it. each corner like it depends on how big the corner uh-huh. is and so i could see yeah huh. yeah but i i uh so i'm always like super cautious probably overly cautious going mm. around corners because i don't want to throw the people in the back but i've gotten you know, a few compliments from medics on, oh, wow. uh, about my driving. Right Very nice. Well, your <laughs> your grandpa did drive trucks, so maybe it's in your blood. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, mostly like logs and uh, stuff like that. Is that right? I really, I'm not sure. I he I, I think when he was driving, it was when he was in Montana still. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think it's a little bit different. I like see. I imagine it wasn't logs but yeah 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 um interesting ryan tell us about this uh truck etiquette oh man there's uh, 
so on this particular job with this particular company at this particular place at this particular oil refinery yeah this one certain time there was just there was like a lot of things to learn that that no one teaches you until you're like until someone's like hey kid don't do this oh yeah uh, a big thing is that if if you're in a service truck or like a company vehicle which is usually you know someone someone is like one of the workers is given it and they take it home and they drive it like across the country to these different jobs but it belongs to their company oh okay it's not, it's not their property obviously yeah it's it's leased to them in a way they're uh they're usually pretty big on like keeping it clean and stuff so there's there's a really big big rule of no hard hats in the truck oh you do not that huh. that you take that hard hat off before you get in the truck and if you don't like you're in trouble that's huh. so funny cuz that seems like the least no it's it's a big deal cuz um you know if the truck bounces and you you have a greasy oh. oily nasty refinery hard hat and it bounces across the headliner oh, then they're like hey that's not coming out mean, yeah and there's also a term well i can't use the actual term for it but we'll cl- <laughs> we'll call it um we'll call it glove mucking Oh, okay. Um, it's where you have a greasy glove and you open up the box on the white work truck. Oh. And you leave a big old, a big old mark, and you're like, ooh, and you gotta wipe it off. Gotcha. And uh, you'll get you'll get slapped or something thrown at you. <laughs> the guy that has the truck sees you do that. Huh. Uh, another another big unwritten rule that I had to learn the hard way, and I almost did it again, just not even thinking, is no hard hats on any table, unless it's like in the field like if it's at the processing unit where you're actually okay. working hard hats do not go on the table no matter how clean they are huh. they go on the floor uh the idea is that like like if it's in the in the break room you eat off the table and you don't want any like nasty refinery chemicals on your hard hat going onto the table yeah but yeah. you're totally allowed to put your greasy arm right with your coveralls uh-huh. on on the table and lean on it that's okay Right. So the tables just after a week they just get this white this dark stain around the the corners of them. Oh no. Yeah. But no hard hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like one of those rules that isn't necessary. It's more out of like respect and tradition rather than the practicability of it, but Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. Um so what was the what was the learning curve like for you on Oh, that? it was like, horrible. Pretty, yeah. I mean, I I I went into their I mean, I'm I'm good at working on stuff, but I'm good at working on smaller stuff. I I, I never had any large industrial equipment experience. Wait, so for for our listeners, where give us a little background on what you were up to. So I just I uh, I went to this job for a week in uh, Billings, Montana, at one of the two oil refineries in Billings, Montana. Uh, there's two there, and I went to one of them, and we were doing some repair work on a centrifugal compressor so it's like this enormous it looks like an enormous turbo uh like huge like it would it wouldn't fit in this room oh wow wow it's that big and uh like the bolts or the nuts that hold the hold the housing together are like the size uh they're like they're like four inches you'd put like a four inch wrench on it they're enormous Uh, like heavy heavy equipment how long is that wrench then is that like four feet long we didn't have to use one fortunately we didn't have to split the cases apart but i don't even know i know this some of the wrenches uh this is actually some funny trivia in some of the refineries there are on certain parts of the wall there are these hooks and they're like concreted into the wall they're like permanent yeah part of the structure it's just it's a big old like eyelet hook Mm -hmm. and the uh the way that they would like tighten these these bolts down is they would put the wrench on the bolt and the wrench had like a special 
like eyelet on the end and you'd put a strap through the eyelet and you'd run a strap to the eyelet in the wall and oh. and you would they had a special strap that like you could tighten it it's like a ratchet strap kind Whoa. of yeah huh. and you could tighten it a certain amount and then it would be like all right that's enough torque and you're like twisting this three foot long enormous wrench and uh and then you skip to the next bolt and then the next bolt and you use the same like hook on the wall because there's no way physically to get yeah unless you weigh like a thousand pounds and can like get up there and push on it to get it as tight as it needs to be and how do they know when the torque is enough it's just kind of for torque specs on equipment there's usually like there's a there's a rule Mm -hmm. typically there's like a uh some kind of formula where it's like okay if the if the fastener is this diameter or if you know if, whether it's a really big diameter or a really small diameter, mm. there's there's a calculation for like okay that's going to be fifty five foot pounds. Oh wow, okay. Which is like not super tight, and then right, but... and then there there are some that goes up to like hundreds and hundreds of foot pounds, mm-hmm. which is so imagine if you have like a a twelve inch long wrench, right, and you put a hundred pounds on the end of that twelve inches, and it tightens that fastener, uh-huh. that's a hundred foot pounds. Gotcha. And uh, there are they the manufacturers of the equipment can typically calculate it and they and they they give it to whatever company buys it as part of the purchase they give them like mm-hmm. all the information sure. they need yeah a lot of time like a lot of tools go with it too uh man there's i learned a lot out there the the learning curve itself just because i was so inexperienced with that particular line of work was like i never really got past it like up until like right near the end of the whole operation i was like okay i kind of get how this thing works like i kind of get what we're doing Cause it was a weird balance of, I'm I was so new at it that I didn't want to like, not just be as helpful as I could and like and like okay you need a tool like do you need a like a three eighths ratchet, uh-huh. um like I'll go grab it for you and like trying to be helpful and and like get the job moving along, but at the same time I wanted to be like up in there like looking at how everything is coming I... apart, so I was trying to balance that and then also like do all the uh, quote unquote bitch work yeah and like uh scrape gaskets and clean parts and stuff for right. reassembly something that like i i was really capable of and uh it was so the learning curve was incredibly steep and i'm sure if i went on like another job which i'm probably not going to i definitely mm-hmm. got a good taste of of the thing and i I'm, i it kind of helped me decide on what i actually want to do with the next few years of my life yeah and, gotcha uh, i'm sure if i went on another i would be like way 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 better off than i was going on to this one yeah but they're usually with this particular contractor they're in such different settings i could be going to like a paper mill in iowa yeah it's a whole another environment or i could go to Mm -hmm. somewhere in port townsend or i could go somewhere in california and they're all like different settings and um the guys that actually do that are like really savage dudes really really smart um like really good at their work um but it takes a long time to get to that point and um i was like this is fun but probably not for me yeah. Yeah. Just too much travel and moving around. Yeah. And... Lots of travel, which at first I was kind of cool with the idea, but then I realized how much you, like, you can't just work a few months out of the year. You're working all year mm-hmm. as an apprentice. You have to go to the jobs. Gotcha. And is that just to get enough training or is that to, like, make decent money, too? That's, or they won't call you. Like, if, oh. like, if, um, if you don't accept every opportunity you get, then they're just not going to call you and you're, you're just like, the company's done with you. Gotcha. Because there are a lot of people that are like really for the amount of money it does pay. There are a lot of people that are really willing to do whatever Mm -hmm. because that like might be like their only option for work to make that good of money. Right. And they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm down. I'll meet you guys down there in Colorado in the next three days. Yeah. So uh, I just I just realized with what I had going on at home and what I had worked this hard trying to build up all this time. um, One guy put it really 
put it really straight to me and he's like well you run a business at home you're gonna have to choose one or the other kid mm. you better choose that as soon as possible yeah, yeah gotcha and i was like okay yeah sounds good <laughs> you pretty much made your decision at that moment <laughs> it was more or less at that moment yeah um, but I, st- I still did work my tail off the entirety of the of, right. the, of the outage. Yeah, and I, I had a I had a pretty good time. Right on. I definitely learned a lot. Yeah, and I think it's good to have those kind of almost like mentor kind of guy that is like. Oh yeah, he told me exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that he I'm glad I didn't miss that little bit of information from him. Right. What was really cool about it too is the amount of money involved in that kind of stuff. Like just how expensive every part of this enormous multi-million dollar machine is. Uh, this one guy handed me this, it was a, it was like this basket is that's how I would describe it. It was like a clutch basket for a motorcycle, but it was this big metal fully, uh, like medium tensile steel piece. And he's like, Hey, don't drop that. That's like $80,000. Yeah. And it like fits in your hand. And it's just this gnarly, like all these features and all these different materials built into it. Holy He's like, yeah, that's, that's like $80,000. Don't drop that. And then there was this other component. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a part of an assembly called an isocarbon seal. And it was this little ring, like it kind of like the, the diameter of like a CD. And yeah. it was hollow and it had this polished carbon surface on both sides. And he's like, oh yeah, don't drop that either. That's $7,000. And it was just this little piece, you know, came out of a box. Yeah. So super, it, it was crazy how much money actually goes into the stuff that like gets us fuel to our gas stations. Right. So it was a, it was very, it was very interesting. And I got to see how all that stuff worked. Refineries are a crazy place. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on around you at all times. Lots of steam and like it things dripping. And yeah. It's, it's, it's really well regulated. The safety is through the roof. Mm. The safety, it, the safety is like excessive almost. But at the same time, they're trying to avoid like enormous lawsuits and, and injuries and problems. Yeah. But there's um, it's just wild. Like you go walking through one, and you're walking like f- through these pillars, and there is so much pipe work like going around you. You just can't even count them all. You can't begin to count all these pipes, and they all do something. Uh, whether they move like fuel or gases or steam, a lot of things are steam powered actually on a refinery, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Because it's it's cheaper to have instead of a bunch of electric motors running things, it's cheaper to have one big steam boiler that you just fill uh, with water. Yeah. And and you run all these little things like these turbines off of steam and they run like pumps huh. rather than having to pay a power company. Sure. Which I mean, you're a you're an oil refinery so you have all this fuel you can burn yeah. to right. heat up this water. Heat, yeah. So that's a surplus. Sure. But to pay for electricity to run all these motors, they have like backup everything, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like everything has a backup. It's really crazy the amount of engineering that goes into it. It's like two factories side by side, and this is the backup factory. And- <laughs> well, like in a way, um, they have, like I'm pretty sure they had a backup. Like there was this big oil pump that pumped oil to run this compressor machine, and they had like the pump, and then they had right next to it an electric motor backup pump. Huh. So it's like, oh well, if the steam, if the steam turbine ever fails, then we can run, we can keep lubricating this machine not like destroy it yeah, yeah. it's a multi-million dollar machine i remember uh when i was working at um well the the oil warehouse that i that i worked at oh yeah uh they had a deal with a big paper mill near here and they uh the team down in aberdeen 
Oh, I hate Aberdeen. Aberdeen's kind of a rough place. <laughs> Aberdeen, Washington. <laughs> yeah, they uh, well, they they sent this paper mill the wrong oil, and so our like oil engineer guy, he knows everything about about oil, and he figured out a way to mix the kind that they received with a different type of oil to come up with the right type of oil, the right viscosity and thickness and everything. Oh, wow. And I was, I had to have been like 16 at the time. So they sent these drums of oil to uh, the warehouse I worked at. And my boss like, hey, here's, uh, well, here's the oil. You need to fill it within, you know, it needs to be within half a gallon of uh, of the mark. And then... Um, then we'll be fine. You just do that. Pump pump the drums into each other, and we'll be fine. I'm like, so this is kind of a big deal, right? Says, oh, yeah. Uh, this is a multi-million dollar uh, contract that we have with this company, and it's going into multi-million dollar machines. <laughs> so don't screw up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be fine. <laughs> Pretty sure you said that. But you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, th- thanks. So, yeah, I just... I sat there um for like it it took me a while to do because there was a lot of oil to get pumped and mixed and it all had to get uh sloshed around and tip it on its side and like roll it and stuff oh yeah so there were a few weekends where i was just sitting there just waiting for the oil to pump out and uh hope that it was right mixing oil yeah well, and it sounds like you haven't gotten a call saying like, "Hey, you destroyed our contract." And well, the, you. I mean the the company is not that he knows of. is uh, yeah. a different company now. Uh, oh, <laughs> so who knows oh, that, that oil place? <laughs> yeah. So it's all your fault. That's what you're saying. No. Ah. It it wouldn't be mine in the beginning. I was from Aberdeen. Oh yeah, they were the ones that wanted to put the wrong oil in the. Wrong machines in the first place. Well, it's a good thing that someone was there double checking. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a really good thing. That could have been very bad. Um, and with that, I think it's about time for our drink of the week. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. Uh, before we give the drink of the week, happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Oh yes, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing that- green, and you guys aren't. That I- I've is- got a little bit of green. I mean, it's that doesn't like- count. That oh, doesn't count. Okay. I'm wearing I'm black because that's I all do. you ever wear. <laughs> you were wearing a nice hoodie earlier, but there was no green on it. That is yeah. true. No, no green in the MPI logo. Nope. Well, yeah. Same. Drink of the week, Guinness Draft. That's right. Uh, we figured we should go with something Irish for the. Uh, Irish Day of the Year. Saint, oh yes, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I don't like the Guinness Draft as much as I do like the normal Guinness. What would you call that? Like a stout or? Well, the Guinness Draft is a stout as well, but I don't know. Uh, for me, uh, the, they're different. Aren't the, isn't there a different kind of Guinness other than the draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the draft is uh, smoother. I think. I feel like the the normal Guinness is like it's it's like richer and darker. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, and um. But they're both good. I don't discriminate. Does the normal Guinness have the nitro in it as well? They have the little ball. Okay, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they do, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so when you open a can of Guinness, it has a little ball in there, and it releases nitrogen, and you let it fizz up a little bit, and then you 
it, it, I, I'm pretty sure it's not required, but basically required to pour it into a glass. Um, and then you can watch as the nitro bubbles flow yeah, to the top. It's and it's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Oh, yes. It like changes color as you're, yeah. yeah. It goes from like a cream color mm-hmm. into this dark, dark, very dark, s- super like amber. Yeah. yeah How do they get in the can? It's mind blown. It's a good question. It doesn't fit through the opening. It the do- ball. Oh, it doesn't? No. Oh, wow. The world may never know. Yeah. You know, how, okay. how do they get that in there? It's like a ship in a bottle. Fun fact. There's a there's a drink called Perry, which is it's like cider, like a hard cider but made out of pears. Oh. Um and they a lot of the Perry bottle, well not a, maybe not a lot, but some Perry bottles come with a pear in the bottle. Ooh. Yeah. And it's what? like, well, how would you get the pear in the bottle? Okay. A glass get, bottle? Yeah, it's a glass bottle. What? It's a glass bottle and there's a pear inside the bottle. Okay. It, uh, it can't like there's no way you could fit that pear okay. a- out of it. You plant the pear tree in the bottle and then you remove the pear tree. <laughs> Well, that's basically what they do, actually. What? Yeah. Wow. So they, when the pears are just little teeny tiny, they put the bottle over the branch. And oh, let, yeah. no way. Yeah. And wow. let the pear grow inside the bottle. Wow. That's some, just adorable. Some people have brains that are so huge. Yes. That's like a big brain. That moment. sounds like an expensive bottle of pear cider if they have to go through that kind of process. Yeah. That's yeah, like, probably. Giant crevasses I don't really in, those, know this. in their brains, man. Like crevasses. <laughs> no, oh no, yeah. No smooth brain Not action smooth at all. No big wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So back to drink of the week. Guinness. Uh, Guinness. It's a uh, little, little bit bitter. A little bit bitter. More bitter than like a light beer. It's, I would say. It's uh, to um, me, it's kind of toasty. Yeah, it's definitely toasty. You got some like bread flavors going on there. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good one. Try it out. Not very overpowering. It's pretty. It's no. almost like pretty. Not to use like the word like the term watery. Well, but it seems like there's not like a lot of oomph to it. Yeah. But it yeah. makes it more drinkable. Right, yeah. And you, we're also used to IPAs. Well, that's true. You could, it's something that I feel like I could spend an evening drinking, you know? I could, yeah. I could throw a couple of those back and it would, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't feel it the next day, you know? Uh-huh. Totally. Um, and now that means it's time for our band of the week. Battle stations. Battle stations. With an exclamation mark on the end. Yeah, that's important. And all lowercase. Yes, all lowercase battle stations with an exclamation mark on the end. Uh, really phenomenal. I've been music. waiting for this one. Yeah. Ah. So what's what's the what's the trivia about this particular battle stations band that you tie in with Brady? Oh well, so the uh, singer and guitarist. Well, he sings all of like the deep growly vocals. Um, I went to school with him at the University of Washington. Actually, I think all of the band members I went to school with at the University of Washington, but I happen to know that James. guy. James. Yeah. I hope that James knows how good his music is. Yeah. I have like three of the songs off that album on my play on like my shuffle. Yeah. yeah. They're so really awesome. fire. So if you can't find the name of the band uh, or the band on Spotify or wherever you're looking. You got to look for the songs. Uh, Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. Jerry Springer. Um, Welcome to Costco. I love you. Commonality of the Tragedies is my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's like such an insane song. 
it's really it's it's insane to me that it's so local and that you happen to know one of the members. Yeah, that yeah. just blows my mind. Because yeah. when I heard the heard that song the first time, I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's, wow. It's fire. It's totally fire. Um, he also has a another like solo project that he's working on called Two Four Letter Words, and it's all it's all one word and all lowercase. Um. Yeah, and that's a little bit more electronic type music. It's right, branch not, branching off to yeah, other yeah uh, other not, genres. Not yeah, quite the same. It's vibes, but Battle Stations is more. Uh, how would you describe it? It's rock. Um, I, it's hard to describe. Yeah, like alternative. Yeah, uh, definitely alternative. Dorm room rock. I don't know. Kind of <laughs> yeah. college rock. Yeah, it's it is hard to. Uh, it's the guitar work is really really involved sometimes and really cool to listen yes. to. And it's hard to put a genre to it other than just like rock or experimental rock. Yeah, maybe experimental rock. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not too experimental. It's really, it's really it's consumable. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's not something that you're gonna listen to and be like, ah, oh, I pull my headphones off. Right. Well, depending on what you're depending on your taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's worth a listen. I think. Yeah, I'd say so too. Yeah, uh, my favorite song is Jerry Springer. I. Jerry Springer's a really good one. Ju- I'm partial to bass, um, and so there's a portion on there. Oh, just that the has, gnarly uh, bass line yeah. Yeah. halfway through the song. Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's mm, mm, mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so give them a listen. It's it's pretty good. And, and again, that's Battle Stations with an exclamation point at the end. And they are on Spotify. Yeah, yes. they're on Spotify. on Spotify. Um I think they have like a SoundCloud too. I bought their album off of Amazon. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it was on oh. it was on Amazon. So. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm sure they appreciated that. Uh yeah, it was the yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna buy this. I'm like, this is yeah. this is a great time to actually pay for music. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Supporting and also supporting local bands. You know. Totally. And local music like culture. I guess. Yeah. Know? I think exactly. it's it's good. They're to from build where it. again? Uh, I mean, I knew them. Like Gig from, Harbor. Uh, good question. I think I think it's Gig Harbor. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. So like an hour and a half away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could go and knock on their doors right now. <laughs> All right, let's go. Well, this podcast is adjourned. We're going. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. <laughs> see you soon, James. <laughs> good to build a community of local musicians and, ha- you know, ultimately that's what makes something interesting, in my opinion, is having that community of people to engage with. And so, absolutely, um, yeah. So that's one day we'll work on that. Yeah, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to get a Discord going for our uh, podcast because I think that's where people really get to connect on more of a um, personal, personal level. level. Yeah, oh, yeah. We said, oh, wow, you guys just finish each other's sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll get that going up pretty soon. Um, All right. How are we on time? Uh, just over an hour. Oh, man. What are you thinking? One more topic, depending on uh, how long Okay, we here's through? a fun one. Okay. Guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, uh Okay. Sometimes I watch My 600 Pound Life oh, on Hulu. Oh man. And it can be really disheartening at times. Yeah, it's I I think I've watched a couple of episodes of that show with you yeah. and it's it's crazy because some of the some of the people have really amazing success stories, and oh, you're like, yeah. "Wow!" Like that they, they transformed their lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but sometimes it, it ends in like they couldn't make the weight and Dr. Now couldn't perform the surgery. And then it's... Uh, in the credits, you get a... Uh, it's a black screen that says they passed two months later. Right, yeah. And so the whole premise of the show is that people that are very, very overweight, um, around 600 pounds or so, um, and they're looking to turn their lives around, and so they go talk to Dr. Now? now? Yeah, now, it, it's uh, it's like Dr. Nowvosky or something oh, like okay. that, but... Dr. Now, for sure. He always <laughs> introduces himself as now. It's a lot easier than trying to teach people how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, and so then he performs like a like a gastric bypass? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but, but there's some sort of requirements beforehand, right? right? So, so the uh, surgery itself isn't going to cause you to lose... Uh, the weight you you have to be committed right to losing so um he he likes to see uh depending on where you're at he he likes to see you you know down so many pounds before he does the surgery sure. and see that you're committed and that right. he's not going to perform the surgery and then have it go to waste and it's probably paid for by the uh by the show uh and they don't want to you know. <laughs> well yeah i don't know <laughs> but maybe not best maybe best not to speculate on the <laughs> yeah you know uh but yeah sometimes sometimes there's these great success stories and sometimes it's just very sad but that is one of my one of my guilty pleasures my 600 pound life mm-hmm. um my guilty pleasure tv show i don't think they have any more episodes but it's called love is blind Oh, oh my gosh! That what show. is that all about? I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh! Okay, so it starts off. It starts off with all these people. Um, all the guys are in one section. Like, it's basically like they split a house into halves. Um, and in one half is the guys, and the other half is the girls. And every day in the middle, there's a like uh i guess a frosted glass wall or something so you can't see the people on the other side um and every day they go on dates um with the people on the other side but they do it through the wall so they're just talking um <laughs> and hearing each other's voices and whatnot uh yeah it's it's so much drama and yeah. some of the characters well I say characters. They're human beings, but they are almost caricatures. Like, right. They're just, yeah. they like, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. I remember seeing it on the TV while you were watching it a few times. Mm-hmm. Ah, looks like a crazy one. Yeah, it's wild. So so it starts off where they're in they're in the, the pods or whatever. I think they called them the pods. Um, and... They get to kind of choose who they're going to date for the day um, just based off their names and what their past experiences with dating that person th- in the pods are. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> in order to keep going with the show, you have to propose to someone in the pod. So having never seen them before. Oh. Yeah. And then they have... Uh, as people start proposing, they get to see each other in person, and it's wild. And they're like, whoa. 
Yeah. And they're at I'm first <laughs> at first at first they're always like, Oh yeah, 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 this is great. Like I didn't expect you to look like that or whatever, but you know, like I can do this. And then they take all of the couples that have been engaged and they go to a vacation together. They're all on this vacation together. But some of the people like have been kind of like playing the field while they're in the pods and then like all sorts of jealousy ensues and oh my gosh it's like it's the most you watch that garbage (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's what i'm saying it's such trash like it's terrible they're totally manipulating these people's lives and it's oh my gosh that's horrendous it gets you watching it though oh yeah yeah, oh man. You've That's gotta my... have something, right? I don't watch a lot of TV. It doesn't but, have to be TV. No, I'll talk about be... like some YouTube channels yeah. that um, okay. uh-huh. are, are kind of a guilty pleasure. So I'm sure Cody knows about Wrangler Star. No. Really? No idea. Uh, if Silas was here, he'd be like laughing really hard. So Wrangler Star is like this channel that's ran by this like 50 year old dude. And he, uh, he had like a midlife crisis and like bought this property out in the woods, like up on this mountain. And, like, built this homestead there. And his old videos used to be really, really cool. It was him, like, clearing land and, like, building all of his buildings and repairing tools and, like, doing the stuff you have to do, like, running a homestead. Yeah. And and then down the road, his videos got really, really... Like, clickbaity? Very clickbaity. Yeah. And it it became, like, an occupation for him. Uh. And then his videos, all of his videos just turned to, like, total trash where, I mean, not trash. They still sometimes had good content. Mm -hmm. But it would be, like, oh, like, giant hornet's nest attacks me after I shoot it with a shotgun. Yeah. (laughs) And he started doing all these, like, really goofy things for views. Uh, And then his, his, he still has a lot of subscribers, but his actual fan base got like divided you know yeah sure and sometimes i'll hop on and watch some of his older videos even though now his name for them like guys that know about him are like oh yeah that guy yeah mm-hmm. but i'll hop on and i'll watch his older videos because they remind me of watching them when i was really really young uh-huh. yeah and be like oh that's that's cool he's like making an axe handle for this axe and like he's fixing this tractor <laughs> like, these are the good old days and then now his videos are really he's got like more he ha- he's had kids since he started the oh, channel well. <laughs> and the kids have been like on camera their entire life. It's kind of a weird deal. Yeah. yeah. But it makes some money, I guess. And uh, another one, too, that is definitely like a guilty pleasure is uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh, okay. Did you ever watch that, Cody? Uh, I, Did you ever I, hear of it? James Rolfe? Yeah. yeah. He uh, He's like a super, super good content creator. But the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd series was incredibly popular with like the nerdy kids yeah. back in like elementary school. And he would make he would just make these like pissed off reviews of these Nintendo games from the eighties. Like it was still relevant even though it wasn't. And he'd be like, Oh, this game is like garbage. Swear words, swear words. (laughs) And back then as a kid, it's like, Oh, that's like, that's funny. He's like saying bad words and making like poop jokes. Uh And, but they're still enjoyable to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I'll I'll turn them on every once in a while and just and just reminisce in the in the days past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it's just super childish humor. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um I don't like I'm trying to think of if I watch anything that's like drama that I actually find as like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I tend to try and try not to 
give that my attention just because I don't really approve of it most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give you them know? my money. Yeah, like exactly. Views. And right, get, well, giving them a view is essentially giving them money. Like, yeah. It's tacitly giving them your approval in a way. Right. Um, yeah. So, do you guys have any other guilty pleasures other than media? Uh, you don't. You don't. You don't have to go into into detail that we don't need it here. Um, I'm but a, I I kind of have I kind of have one that's it, it's becoming my personality in a way, but it's st- <laughs> it's still like I feel I think of it as a guilty pleasure. But what do you guys got? I this isn't necessarily a guilty pleasure, but kind. I, I, I don't know, because I'm not guilt. I don't feel guilty about it, but I'm kind of obsessed with creme brulee, Ryan. and Oh, uh, Ryan that's not a... It. I put, I've put no guilt to you. Yeah. It's say, a fantastic result every time. <laughs> well, if I could say one of your guilty pleasures, it's hard-boiled eggs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a hard-boiled egg enthusiast? I really love... Hard boiled eggs. They're pretty he good. Swallows them. No, whole. I do not what? swallow them. Shell at all. No, that's not true. <laughs> you that's put salt and pepper on them. I I do I put salt. Well, okay, actually, that's my even bigger guilty pleasure. Is just like the obscene amounts of salt that I put on everything. Yeah, everything. Salt's Blood good. pressure has left the chat. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if it's if like popcorn, it's it's usually to the. You know how if you there's a crystalline structure to the popcorn, right? Yeah, like yeah. no, not really. But when you eat salt, there's a certain saltiness where it kind of like almost hurts your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to push that limit <laughs> where it's like, uh, like, you know, this is almost more painful than it's worth. Yeah, but it's still totally worth. Just put it. a little bit more on. Yes. It, well, yeah, yeah. I like to just ride that line, and yeah. the, but it's great because nobody else will eat the food that I make. And, yeah. yeah, and that's all yours. Yeah, exactly. And butter, you gotta have like soggy popcorn because it's so oh. saturated oh. with butter. Well, yummy. I don't, uh-huh. I don't care quite as much about the butter. I actually, I don't really love that part. I like Blasphemer. just enough. I like just enough butter to make the salt stick. To the popcorn. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like a catalyst to the popcorn. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the like, middleman. It's like, a tool. Right. The <laughs> butter is just a uh, means to an end. You know? yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my salt. And actually, I really like, I really like not just regular salt is fine, but give me some like Johnny's seasoning salt. Oh, I buddy. love Gosh. seasoning salt. Oh, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Have so, you had Lowry's? Yeah. Uh-huh. Lowry's yeah. is good. See, I... I was always raised in a Johnny seasoning household, um, but my girlfriend was raised in a Lowry's seasoning household. Uh, the worlds uh, collide. Yeah, and so now I'm like, I have to get used to eating the Lowry's because it's. What about yeah. Old Bay? Oh, I don't know that one. That you sounds had Old Bay. N- that's I need to. I need to. Old Bay my is horizons. so good. I don't think it's a salt. It's more of like just a seasoning mix. Okay. 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 But get some Old Bay. It's really really good on yeah. seafood. Oh, oh, oh yeah. The bay. That okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting it together. <laughs> yeah. Old Bay. Yeah. Really good. Well, I, that explains maybe why I haven't had it because I'm not a giant seafood fan. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I'm like, I like shellfish and salmon. But halibut, trout, that kind of stuff. It's like, eh, eh. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. You got any guilty pleasures, Cody, or should I say mine? Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. So one of my guilty pleasures, and it 
unfortunately, but also not unfortunately, is becoming my personality, is like being a yee yee boy. A yee yee boy, yeah. Um, oh my god. I try and like I try to you know be like cultured and uh right and you you know like fit into the like the the more refined niches of society. Yeah. But at the same time, I love like diesel trucks and yeah. I love like wearing dirty ass clothes and working and like doing all that stuff right yeah it's like really fulfilling but you guys like you farm boys you know oh yeah but you're like yeah. refined farm boys mm. oh of course mm. but right. i i'm like i dig it even though it's like especially when i was in in school i would get like made fun of for it but really? it's like it's like this is the oh yeah that's like, funny my though friend because we came would, from like a hick school well my friend group wasn't really like super hick oh god gotcha. and they would always be like oh like They'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna wear camo next or something." Uh, well, I never wear camo. I don't like camo. Real camo. I don't like camo. No. I would only wear pink camo. <laughs> um, Real men wear pink. Man so, of culture. <laughs> I know. And then, so it just eventually got to the point now where it's, I mean, my actual work is, like, I get dirty, and I have to do stuff on like a farm type setting. Not really, but uh, so I'm always like getting dirty, and it's like, all right, well, this is the life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That kind of reminds me of you ever start saying or doing something ironically. Like mannerisms? Yeah. Or, okay, like, for example, dabbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, the arm movement, that is. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the dance, da- not dance, I guess. I don't know. The, the gesture. Action. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, I definitely started dabbing ironically because it's like, huh, lol. Dab, yeah. and then, Dab on him. <laughs> and then, you know that that uh, phase has passed. Well, I I think that there's still a level of irony to it. It's just dedicated irony, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Like the more time passes, and you and you like throw down a dab. Yes, uh-huh. it, it's exactly. like, did you really just do that? <laughs> yeah, it just, it just exactly. is so humorous. Exactly. That's it. That is it. It's dedicated <laughs> irony. <laughs> Dabbing is something that came out in like 2016, 2015, uh, yeah, 16. Yeah, something like that. I, I definitely remember it in 2016. Uh, and didn't it come, didn't it start rising like with Fortnite? Like that kind of, it was a little well, bit before, before, before Fortnite, was, but it kind I feel yeah. like it was kind of. It was around, you know, around that era and I think Vine. Oh, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Rip in peace. But. I think Vine was a big proponent in dabbing. But, yeah, now, now it's five years later and no one is dabbing except, except for, us. for us. Yeah. Because we're, we're the ironic ones. That cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else was just dabbing posers. We do this for life. Uh-huh. Right. The dedication. <laughs> it, yeah. It, there's a certain point where it, like... You stop thinking about it and you just do it, <laughs> and that—that's it's and, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of scary. But that's kind of how accents work too. Is oh. it's just it's just um, exposure to a certain thing. Mm-hmm. It becomes like a subconscious, yeah, adjustment that you make. Right. I've heard that kids pick up accents more based on their friends ra- mm, rather really. than their parents. So they'll pick up a little bit of an accent from their parents, but a lot of it will come more from their their friends that's funny you like silas's parents are full-on british yeah yeah i don't know if he told you that and i'm oh, like oh yeah like you don't have a british accent no so, no yeah. he's got a tacoma accent yeah yeah 
West Coast accent, I guess, uh-huh. which is basically <laughs> no accent. We kind of we pick up stuff up here. I don't know why that we have is. a Canadian tinge to a our little accents. bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been told that by like people from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like you sound Canadian. I'm like, oh man. And <laughs> yeah, my grandparents are from uh, north northeast Montana. Kind of near North Dakota. Oh yeah, and I spent a lot of time with them as a kid, so I right. I pick up some some mannerisms from them. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily yeah mannerisms, and also like just turns of phrase, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not necessarily accent, I guess, but just like saying "crick" instead of "creek." Right. You know, I grew the, up with the sheriff, not the sheriff. Yeah, Washington. The, the washing, washing machine. machine. Yeah. Winder. I know. Yeah. Did did did. Does Grandma actually say Winder? I th- feel like she says Winder. Nah, she no. says Window. Yeah. But it would be funny if she said Winder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I Carly, Carly reference. reference. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, That's what? the second time this this podcast that we we said the same thing at the same time. Uh, well, we must Oh, they're going to say that was the second I Carly our, reference. No, uh, no, say no. I missed the first yeah. one. Our twin telepathy. Yeah, we're going to have to end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Three three times and I I think something bad happens after that. Oh yeah, definitely. Twinning. What else do you guys want to talk about? I don't know. I I I'm feeling pretty good about this episode. How far are we in now? One twenty. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up there. Uh, unless you have something to add, Ryan. No, not really. I mean, it's um. It was a good good episode. All right, cool. Um, Well, with that, uh, we check out our website, impairedupstairs.com. Yeah. As usual, uh, we have officially a Twitter and an Instagram page. Yes, we do. And they're live, and you can start following them. Um, Twitter is at upstairsimpaired. Impaired uh, upstairs. (laughs) At impaired upstairs and... Stairs so, is spelled S T R S because apparently Twitter you can only do fifteen characters for the for a handle handle yeah but I think if you do it impaired upstairs it'll probably take you to our I don't know I think so uh, Instagram is at impaired upstairs spelled normally yes yes um let's see what else uh Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, check us out on Spotify. Check us out Google on podcast. Apple Podcasts. That's check us exciting. Out on Google Podcasts. Your preferred yeah. uh, podcast listening. We are everywhere, and we are blowing up right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to be huge. We're just off just the charts. popping off. Yeah. Uh, give us a listen. We yeah. have a, a logo, and it's really fun, and we want to thank Haley. Yeah, oh, yes. shout, shout out to Haley. Thank you thank so you much, so Haley. That Haley was, Locks. That's awesome. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. journey of making that logo yeah yeah she was really great to work with and um yeah she did a really good job so yeah thanks Haley. well uh we'll see if we can get some sort of um uh handle for her to to try and plug next next episode if if she's uh if she's okay with that yeah. bring her in a little bit of business yeah that would be great maybe we can get her in for an interview as well yeah yeah that'd be way cool yeah um, uh, also, if you want to get in touch with us mm-hmm. or collab with us, uh, hit us up at impairedupstairs.com. Go to the contact us page and drop us a message. Or you can contact us directly by email at info at impairedupstairs.com. Once again, that is info at impairedupstairs.com. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or just you know, hit us up in the DMs, you know. 
Yeah. N- not like that, but on or Twitter like that. Or, Instagram, or like that. Send you know, us a message. Ryan's we're li- he, he's uh, yeah, single uh, and ready to mingle. Absolutely. Just just slide into the impaired upstairs DMs if yeah. you, if you would. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to go. Um All right. Awesome. Well, uh on that note, I think we I think we covered everything. Yep. And uh here we are. Well, we're uh upstairs. Impaired. Impaired.